0: Welcome to Beat the Prosecution, presented by Northern Virginia criminal defense and DUI lawyer, Jonathan Katz. We are here to regularly present you information and ideas for beating your prosecution as best as possible. Now for your host, John Katz.
1: Hello everybody, this is John Katz. I'm a criminal defense lawyer and DUI defense lawyer in Fairfax, Virginia. This is our eighth episode of Beat the Prosecution, and here we are once again with our Podcast Master, Abby. Abby, thank you so much for helping us with each and every podcast and with getting our podcast set up.
0: You're welcome. I hope you all have been enjoying and following along on our eighth installation.
1: What is the number eight when we put it on its side by 45 degrees? Infinity. Yes, well that might be the number of podcasts (laughs) we end up having. We've been going weekly.
0: And hopefully you listen to that many as well.
1: (laughs) There you go. What is our topic today?
0: So your court date's arrived, and it's navigating that court date with your attorney and potentially testifying what to expect. Well,
1: How is that not just common sense? Why do we have to do a podcast about that?
0: Well, some people have never stepped foot in a courtroom before. It's unknown territory. It can be overwhelming um, with all the outcomes that could happen, and you could just be anxious, and it's good to go over that with your attorney before you even have to step foot.
1: Of course I was kidding around know that stage you go into know that gladiator arena you go into and it is like a gladiator arena in so many ways maybe not violently but in many other ways did you see the gladiator abby
0: yes i have a few times
1: now how much do i like the gladiator a lot what do i have about the gladiator in my office
0: a little the the picture in the background
1: i love the gladiator in many ways because it is about winning even when there are no rules supporting the winner, even when there are no people supporting the winner. I love winning in court, and I also love winning all the more when the judge seems to be uh, on the prosecutor's side, when the prosecutor's trying to to throw dirt in my face. One of my favorite scenes in Gladiator is where the gladiators with Russell Crowe are leaving the uh, gladiator pit, and there's this big mace uh, being swung, and it's taking people's heads off, and still, uh, the Russell Crowe and the rest of his crew win. I just love it.
0: Total underdogs.
1: I don't love violence, but I, I just love right underdogs. Well, you know the name of my blog.
0: Is, oh gosh, Beating the Prosecution?
1: <laughs> well, that's one of Underdog Blogs. Oh. <laughs> oh, speaking of Beat the Prosecution, how do people reach us?
0: You can send us an email at info at beattheprosecution.com. Our office, can you can give us a call at 703 383-1100 or give us a text at 571-406-7268.
1: What is our web address?
0: Catsjustice.com and that's K A T Z.
1: My favorite one instead is beattheprosecution.com and there we have tabs on the top right for our blog, which has been around now for over 15 years as well as our podcast. Okay, let's talk about today's topic. What do you think is one of the most burning questions for people about dealing with the courthouse other than getting on the witness stand, which we are also going to cover today?
0: Uh, I would say what to prepare before that date. So it's the night before. What can you do to get yourself ready?
1: Do more than the night before. Talk to your lawyer about visiting the courthouse prior to your first court date, ideally with your lawyer. Go into the uh, one or two courtrooms that are similar to what you're going to be in the courtroom. I don't know if the um, courthouse personnel will let you sit on the witness stand in case you might be testifying. But if you can't sit on the witness stand, get as close to that witness stand as possible. Look out at the audience and you get a different perspective of what it looks like otherwise. Um, So also, I mean, no things as specific as where to park. And how long you need to give yourself to park. Know about what to wear. I tell my clients, no blue jeans, no athletic shoes, no shorts. I think I'm missing a fourth one. Dress conservatively enough to go to a house of worship. Uh, Abby, I think you coined it as uh, dress conservatively enough to go to your grandparents' home.
0: Right. You don't want, you know, grandma getting mad you're wearing ripped, ripped jeans or like something flashy showing off a lot of skin. Similar, I feel like, in the courtroom, you want to have some kind of, you know, professional appearance.
1: But, of course, that's one genre of grandparents, because plenty of grandparents are, uh, are former hippies, and they were showing it all at Woodstock.
0: True. You can dress like you're coming to see Abby's grandma.
1: There you go. Okay, so what you're doing with your lawyer is you're not just talking about what's happening at the courthouse. You're talking about how you're going to beat the prosecution as best you can. We've talked in one of two previous podcast episodes about choosing your right lawyer. So once you choose the right lawyer, well, first of all, you're going to get a sense of whether you have the right lawyer, because when you talk to your lawyer, your lawyer is going to be receptive to your questions and ideas if it is the right lawyer. Your lawyer is going to work as a team with you. Uh, Don't expect your lawyer to hold your hand in a way that a psychologist would, but you should be able to tell your lawyer, look, I've been having a lot of trouble going to sleep at night Uh, for your lawyer to help reassure you why you need to sleep and how to sleep. I mean, I can even show mindfulness techniques for that. I I think we may have talked about that before. Uh, But let's uh, take the Fairfax Courthouse as an example. What we do uh, for our clients is uh, prior to the court date, we get them an email and text telling them where to come. Uh, I actually point out to them when they're in my office prior to the court date. Uh, they're going to enter the rear entrance of the courthouse it's a shorter line uh i hand them a parking pass or else if they're talking to me on the phone i tell them we're going to have a parking pass hanging from the door for them and i tell them you know if we have nine thirty court arrive at my office before nine o'clock put the parking pass on your dashboard enter the courthouse get to your hallway outside your courtroom uh, by a certain time, usually at least 15 minutes before court starts, and I'll see you over there by a certain time, I tell my clients whether it's a courthouse where they can bring their cell phone. So be ready to feel naked without a cell phone at the courts where you're not allowed to bring them, which includes at least three of them in Northern Virginia. You're able to bring them in Fairfax. I make clear to my clients, do not let your cell phone be seen or heard in the courtroom, lest it be confiscated, lest it throw the judge out of shape and be unfavorable to you when you go in front of your judge uh, with your lawyer. I had a client who said to me, yeah, I've got all my clothes together for court, and I said, what do you got? He said, I have a blue dress shirt, uh, I've got black pants, I've got brown shoes, I said, that sounds great. And I showed up in court with him the next day and I was almost blinded. This was one of the most bright turquoise colored shirts I ever seen. So I tell my clients, you know, if you're going to wear a blue shirt, make it be baby blue because turquoise is not baby blue. What else might people want to know about before we start talking about talking to the judge and talking from the witness stand as a criminal defendant?
0: Well, I think going off on the appearance thing, you don't have to break the bank and buy a brand new outfit for court. You can always try to borrow from family or friends. We're not expecting you to go on a shop and splurge.
1: Exactly.
0: So keep that in mind. We're not, you know... We want you to look presentable, but with your own wardrobe.
1: Right. You know, furthermore, I tell my clients, you know, it's ideal to dress down. Even Martha Stewart, who had plenty of money when she was going to court in her uh, uh, financial uh, case over in, uh, in New York, she would dress down. So if she can dress down, you can dress down. You don't have to break the bank. You know, for, for a male, I usually say, you know, ideally wear dark dress shoes. But if you have some other sort of shoes, just make sure they're not work shoes or, or sneakers uh, solid color socks, beige, beige gray or navy blue pants, a baby blue dress shirt or a white dress shirt, a buckle that's not huge with a huge belt buckle, and you know, uh, for for a woman, you know, you can just take it similar to that. Uh, anything else before we go into testimony?
0: Real quick, would those guidelines that you give your client apply to any friends or family that? might be accompanying them
1: oh yes yes indeed yeah you know choose wisely among your friends and family members who are going to come to the courthouse too many times i've seen some friends and family members we'll just call them friends i suppose of some defendants and they're acting like they're in the peanut gallery they are being total uh nincompoops and laughing hyenas you don't want that you you want uh the judge to know and the prosecutor to know that you're taking your case seriously you know which of your friends are really fun outside but will be buffoons in the courthouse. Don't bring the buffoons. Bring the uh, your serious and intelligent family members and friends to back you up.
0: I think that was my question my last question for, you know, preparing before you get on the stand.
1: Testimony. You have a right to remain silent as a criminal defendant, but make sure your lawyer at least prepares your testimony, at least tells you what's going to happen if you decide to testify. Why not have your lawyer do practice questions and answers in the remote uh, possible that you're going to testify where you say you're not going to? Or maybe you want to testify. Talk to your lawyer about whether you should testify. Well, that's for another episode. We've talked a lot in the past about uh, keeping your right to remain silent, but let's talk about talking to the judge and testifying. A lot of people get stage fright. Have we talked on the podcast before about my performance experience and my experience before the, in front of the camera and the mic?
0: I don't think we have, but I'm sure the listeners would love to hear it.
1: Well, for me, I did myself a big favor when I joined the, uh, the elementary school band playing trumpet at nine years old and then started performing amateur magic for children's birthday parties starting at 10 years old. I ran my own business and didn't do a whole lot of marketing, but word got out. And um, then I got in front of the microphone with my former law partner, uh, Jay Marks, on Spanish radio during the first two years of our law firm together. And that was a lot of fun. It improved my Spanish as well. And the microphone would just disappear uh, while we were on the mic. And then I, even when I would be on TV, I've been on TV many times about many legal issues, criminal cases, etc., Sometimes in the studio where they have these really bright lights on you, I guess the idea is not to have your shadows showing, and even there, the the lights and the camera would just disappear because, for me, I liked having the platform to get the word out about justice, to get the word out about criminal defendants' rights, to get the word out about civil liberties. So, for me, I have, I suppose, over 50 years of stage experience, so that's easy for me, but... For a lot of people, uh, getting in front of an audience is creates more fear than their mortality. Did you know that?
0: Yeah, that's, I think, one of the number one fears is public speaking of people.
1: Uh, one lawyer was aware of one of the best lawyers there is vomiting uh, before ever going to court each time. Yul Brenner, who was a great actor, and he would uh, do that role of the king in The King and I so many times, and apparently even... Even he, when he was doing a role, they had already performed hundreds of times on stage. Uh, he he would be seen with his pressing his wrist against the wall uh, to just go ahead and overcome nervousness. That doesn't happen with me. But if that even happens with Yul Brynner and a great Laura vomiting, I know how some of my clients feel.
0: It's only it sounds so. It's just natural, listeners, that you could be anxious or nervous when you have to sit up there on the witness stand
1: right so if i have to ask my client you know is, is the reason why you're so nervous uh the the hoped for honest answer is not well i'm nervous about how well i'm going to be able to lie but i'm just nervous because i'm in front of an audience and i know that my liberty is on the line and i know that i'm telling the truth but i know that uh The judge or jury might get that wrong about whether I'm telling the truth. I want them to know that I'm telling the truth. Honesty is the best policy. Now, of course, silence is the best. And we've talked on the other shows before sometimes about how sometimes it's just best to keep silent. Did you know that, Abby, that if a criminal defendant testifies regarding the legality of the stop of them, the search of them, or the arrest of them, that testimony cannot be used in the separate trial, if there's a separate trial phase, uh, to consider their guilt or innocence if that defendant doesn't get up on the witness stand.
0: And that's stuff that your lawyer should be advising you of before.
1: That's right, because there, there are nuances to that, because that comes from the case of Simmons versus United States from the U.S. Supreme Court, whereas there are no such protections if you want to get up on the witness stand and say, well, yes, I did answer those questions to the cops, but it was without being Mirandized. So those limitations and protections apply to testifying about your Fourth Amendment right against unlawful search and seizure, but does not apply to your right to remain silent with the cops.
0: So first and foremost, you, even if you're anxious, you want your client to be honest, but you also want them to be natural, though, right? Understand? Yes. The stand?
1: yes. <laughs> and silence is also honesty. I keep saying that. Now there are other times you're going to be talking to the co- to the judge or the jury uh, when you're not testifying. Uh, for instance, if the uh, if your lawyer is asked to continue the case based on your dog having just died, for instance, and the, the dog's funeral is going to be the next day, the judge may ask you the name of your dog, when did you when did your dog die? Even such simple answers as that can be difficult. But once again, if you're honest and if you're brief, all the better. We've talked about haiku before on the show, right?
0: Yes, I think the last few episodes.
1: Haiku. Be as brief as possible. And when you're testifying, answer the question and only the question. I think we were talking before we got on air about uh, where, where you put your eyes when you're testifying in court.
0: Right. Where should you be looking? Are you looking at your attorney, down at your hands? What what do you suggest for your clients?
1: Don't look at your toes. Look at the person asking the question. If your lawyer is asking the question, now check with your own lawyer, see if he or she differs, but this is the way I tell my clients. If your lawyer is asking the question, then when you're answering, look at the judge. With one caveat, which is don't do the amber herd, which was so unnatural. Many of you, I'm sure, watch the Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp. That was the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard trial, and uh, it looked so unnatural. Her lawyers had told her, "Look at the jury when you're answering the questions. Yeah, do it naturally." But it, w- it was almost like it, as if someone's at a tennis game. You know, the audience of the tennis game looking back and forth, back and forth at the ball. Be natural. About it. oh, now we got a little vignette, a little, uh, a little tangent here. The Johnny Depp trial. Well, where was the Johnny Depp trial held?
0: Right here in Fairfax, Virginia.
1: And who saw all of Johnny Depp's fans lined up along the uh, street for days upon days?
0: Right outside our office.
1: And uh, not only that, uh, what a nice man uh, who's one of Johnny Depp's uh, lead lords. I think his first name was Benjamin. Benjamin Shu. And my son was interested in knowing if Elon Musk was going to be testifying at that trial. So I went over to the courthouse on a Friday. They weren't doing the trials on Fridays, but instead motions, hearings, et cetera. And who was walking down the hallway when I was waiting to talk to one of the lawyers? after a few minutes but Benjamin Chu. And he actually took the time. shook my hand. We just chatted a little bit. And uh, I told him my son was interested to know if Elon Musk was coming because then my son might have camped out and waited in line for uh, to see the trial at 2 a.m., uh, to, to get a ticket for, for there. But he said, no, I didn't think that Elon Musk was interested in, uh, in going there. Now, off that tangent. Oh, except the other one was about the alpacas. So a couple of times I saw the alpacas out there. Yes, it was quite the show. Okay, now back to testifying. When the prosecutor is asking you questions, I tell my clients, keep your eyes on the prosecutor. Do you know why that is?
0: Maybe it could intimidate them a little bit about the questions they're about to ask, fluster them.
1: Oh, I like that one. Don't take your eyes off the opponent. I mm. mean, it's just like with uh, Korean karate. Uh, our teacher, Master Lee, would say, What did you just do? He said to me, You just bowed to your opponent and took your eyes off of him? Even when you bow to your opponent, you keep your eyes on him. So if the prosecutor says to my client, I say to my clients, If the prosecutor asks you, on the witness stand, I notice that when you're answering Mr. Katz's questions, you're looking at the judge, but when you're answering my questions, you keep your eyes on me. Why is that? Because I don't believe in taking my eyes off the opponent. It's true, and it gets laughs. Now, not every criminal defendant gets found not guilty. Not even my clients. Even some of my clients get found guilty. And then if they get found guilty, unless there's an agreed sentence, in front of the judge, my clients often have to talk to the judge. Well, that can be especially nerve wracking They've just been found guilty and now they know they might be getting jail or other adverse collateral consequences. What to do then? I tell my clients then, oh, we got another vignette. Did I ever tell you about the finger and the cake?
0: No, I don't think I've heard that one.
1: So when I worked at my summer camp kitchen Uh, During the summer before uh, college, I'd gone there as a camper overnight for four years, and then I uh, worked there during the the, uh, summer before college. I uh, filled in for the baker's assistant one day. I was in another part of the kitchen before, and the baker was showing me how to slice sheet cakes. And he said, you take the knife, you put your finger here, here, and here, and you make a little slit, and then he turned it around 45 degrees with the sheet and said, here, 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 and here. And he said, now you slice. And he said, you don't slice unless you have your finger on there. Now, here's a real tangent. If people are putting their fingers on my cake that I'm eating in the restaurant, I hope they wash that in very carefully. Don't slice unless your finger's on there. So I was talking to a client of mine who was about to be sentenced uh, for having been a ding an alleged ding and having rented a car for these two guys to... Uh, to shoot a crossbow at uh, someone else's car to scare them off. I don't think a crossbow can really hurt someone if they're inside the car, as long as the windows are closed. And I said to him, as I say to all my clients, as an example, when you talk to the judge, keep it simple. Keep it as simple as making sure you're not slicing that cake, unless you have your finger on it. And you focus on, as they do in the military, yes, sir, no, sir, no excuse, sir. After you give your short explanation of how sorry and remorseful you are, how you acknowledge, you better speak from your heart, how you acknowledge how wrong it was, and how committed you are to fixing it and how you have been fixing it, stick to those three things. Remorse, acknowledging that it was wrong, confirming you're going to fix it. And if the judge asks you any questions about it, stick as close to that as you can. Keep your finger on that cake. What else do you think people want to know?
0: Well, when your client is speaking, is it okay for them to get emotional? And what would, how would you tell them to handle getting emotional?
1: Balance, balance, and balance. And then the H word, honesty, honesty, honesty. And the F word, follow. I will follow your sentence. As long as you're keeping it honest, Balanced, and looking the judge in the eye, in a polite way, not in a slasher movie way. Uh, yes, you can get emotional, but, you know, let, let, let's, keep, let's keep a lid on that. You know, I represented a woman in a personal entry case way back when, when I did some car accident cases, and here a car maybe going 5 or 10 miles an hour hit her when she was crossing the street and she fell on the road. And so she's testifying at her deposition before trial, and she's asked by the other Laura, do you see uh, my client here? And, uh, and then all of a sudden she sees the, she sees the, the guy who drove into her, and she just, she just broke down weeping. I mean, it, it just was not believable. So, you know, balance, balance, and more balance.
0: And that's all the good thing about, you know, preparing with your client and telling them, you know, you might have to speak and going over those things with them beforehand so they're prepared, you know, so they maybe don't have as big emotional breakdowns or they can right. manage their anxiety beforehand. Well,
1: prepare, prepare, prepare. I don't watch a whole lot of TV, but I think Britney Spears was on the Grammys once a few years ago, and you could tell she hadn't prepared. This was after she had all these videos where she was just wowing the audience, and later on she would do it, but she was just awful. I think it was, this was the one where Sly Stone was on. Did you see that one? No. Okay. Uh, prepare prepare, prepare. Make sure your lawyer is prepared. And if your lawyer has been doing this for years and years, it's great for it to be second nature for your lawyer. And when you feel more confident in your lawyer, you will feel more comfortable. Do you think that wraps it up, Abby?
0: I think that goes over it pretty well and what everyone can expect.
1: Now, where can people reach
0: us? So you can visit us at beattheprosecution.com or you can send us an email. Email at info at beattheprosecution.com. And our phone number is 703-383-1100. Texting, as always, is 571-406-7268.
1: Thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been the eighth podcast of Beat the Prosecution. We look forward to seeing you next time. This is John Katz a Fairfax Criminal Defense lawyer and DWI Defense lawyer. Thanks again.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode from Beat the Prosecution. This is a regular podcast giving people a leg up against police investigations and prosecutions. We welcome you contacting us at info at beattheprosecution.com by calling seven zero three three eight three one one zero zero or texting us at five seven one four zero six seven two six eight.